0: Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These experiences teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to It's Your Life with James Cooley. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James. James Cooley.
1: Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, I tell you the wow, 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 wow. We got a fantastic show coming your way. Uh, our, our listening audience, podcast audience, Facebook audience, audience, audience. Hey, you know what? We got a, a show that we're going to talk about that most people uh, try to refuse to talk about this because they don't want to be involved. You know, and um, I believe that our world is, is hurting a little bit right now, especially us in America. We are hurting and we need to come together. And, you know, and, and doing that, we have to be able to put aside our differences on whatever that might be, you know, whatever that might be. And so uh, today uh, we're going to talk about diversity, equality, which I call equity. And we also going to talk about inclusion, D.E.I., and and to help me uh, get this thing started, I, I got Chuck. Chuck uh, is the main man. You know, he has also co-hosted, been on the show uh, several times. And, you know, uh, Chuck is um, is heavily off into, you know, making people smile. And He's a consultant. He's off into the nonprofit organization. He had raised over $230 million in helping uh, uh, nonprofits and all other organizations out there to help stay afloat and help be uh, very uh, profitable. And so how you doing, Chuck? Doing great,
2: JC. How's how
1: are you doing today? Man, I, I mean just like I, I'm I'm probably 3.2 on a 4.0 scale, but you know, I tell you, with with, with you guys around, man, I might be 3.4 in the next 5 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> we know? we think we're raising
2: you up even higher than that one today. Oh, oh, yeah. We're going to put you a little higher on above, <laughs> up above the fours right
1: now. Yeah. And we also we, we got Michelle Cooley, my beautiful wife, you know, who I tell you is a very uh, integral part of uh, making sure that this show is possible uh, by uh, writing most of it. And, and she just does a whole lot of things. She's from uh, uh, New York City. And uh, while wow, right, right now we, we live in uh, Temecula, California, and we also live in Dallas, Texas. And, you know, I tell you, uh, we're coming from Dallas today. So how you doing, Michelle?
3: I am great. I am 5.0 on a 5.0 scale. Well,
1: that's what? what I'm talking about. That's exactly exactly what I'm talking about. And I tell you, uh, we got two fantastic guests. You know, I'm just going to give you their names right there and, and let them just say hello to you. Uh, we got Larry Potter. Uh, and I tell you what. So how you doing, Larry? How are you doing today? Uh,
4: I, you know, I'm doing fantastic, too. I, I haven't actually put a rating on it, but um, it's it's doing doing great. And we got Eric Lovett, you know, I tell you, you know, so,
1: uh, uh, how you doing today, Eric? Man, James, I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Michelle,
5: Chuck. It's going to be a great day. I already feel it. So thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> you know, and I tell you, uh, just like I said, when we get to them, uh, we are, uh, we're going to go through a lot of things. Uh, first of all, we're going to learn a little bit about them before we go into the meat of, uh, what we're going to discuss, which is probably at the end of segment two and, uh, beginning of segment three. So uh, right now, I I'll always like to give uh, my perspective. Of what we are talking about today, and so year 2020 will go down as in history as an extraordinary year. Americans, by most accounts, are deeply divided. We are less willing to talk with family, friends, and the communities we have been associated with for years, and it doesn't feel like we are even trying to communicate. Why is this happening? You know, in America, you know, I tell you, America is blessed. Why is this happening in America? I believe many people are fearful and traumatic. Some insist on change. Some insist change is overdue, which it is. Others see us great country sliding into complete chaos, while still others want to preserve their views of a, of the American way. But I think we all need to uh, find out what that American way is, because it's all about love and compassion to me. So whatever all the reasons are, you know, I, I, I think that uh, we must be willing to compromise. I think we must be willing to come to some common ground on our differences, and we also have to find a way uh, so we can preserve democracy here. I mean, all of us are different. All of us got our own thoughts. All of us have our own uh, plans on certain things we want to do. But I believe that in order for us to really be strong as a team, as a country, as a community, as a state, as individuals, we all must see that there is common ground and that we all are working toward the same compassion, love, and just embracing each other, regardless of the differences. So I I think that this is a very, very important topic, and I think it needs to be talked about throughout America. So uh, I, I, I tell you, I got two great guests like i mentioned uh that's going to help navigate us through this and you 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 met larry and you met eric you know so uh but i tell you what chuck can you tell them what the main purpose of the show is today
2: yes jc um what we're going to discuss today is diversity equity and inclusion ways that we can all reach common ground based upon our differences and how to overcome unconscious bias really good 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 topics to tackle
1: all right i tell you what uh, we need to get to our first guest uh michelle can you tell Uh, uh, Let's know a little bit about our first guest.
3: Yes. Our first guest is Mr. Lawrence Larry Potter. Larry Potter is a singer, songwriter, composer, who has performed for tens of thousands all over the United States, Europe, and Asia. He was born in Branson, Missouri, and moved overseas as a small child. He grew up in Ireland and now lives in San Diego, where he works as the president and top producer of Lawrence Potter Insurance Agency, located in downtown San Diego. Larry is extremely active in the insurance industry, serving on the advisory board for one of the largest largest insurance networks in California. He is a past president of the Marietta California Rotary Club and more recently the president of the downtown San Diego Breakfast Rotary Club. Upon joining in 2000 he immediately became active in nearly every aspect of leadership at his club and district level. On four separate rotary missions he traveled to the most remote and dangerous areas of India to organize the building of over 65 water wells and sources. He's Integral part of his community and is currently serving on the board of Urban Street Angels, a nonprofit helping homeless youth in San Diego. In 2011, he debuted his Make Dreams Real single and Bringing Rotary to Life through Music CD project at the Rotary International Convention in New Orleans, sharing a stage with Bill Gates and marketing his music to provide funds for the polio eradication efforts. It's your life is proud to present Mr. Larry Potter.
1: Welcome to thank the show, Larry. Welcome to the show. How you doing, thank, my friend?
4: Thank you. Oh. I'm doing fantastic and it is an honor to to be on your show today and uh just uh Love, uh, love the topic that you brought up, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Wow,
1: Eric, can you tell uh, listening audience a little bit about you, your background, and, and some of the things that you're doing right now?
4: Yeah, and well, as uh, Michelle mentioned, uh, I was uh, born in Branson, Missouri. Uh, my dad loves to remind me that I am a hillbilly, uh, <laughs> born in Skags. And he says it with an accent, Skaggs Memorial Hospital <laughs> in Branson, Missouri. And that's that's my route. That's where I come from. Um, but also, as uh, was mentioned in the bio, I, I did grow up in, in Ireland, and uh, most of my childhood days were, were spent in the Emerald Isle. So uh, such a great uh, opportunity to kind of see um, life a different way from from Ireland.
1: Yeah. Can, can, uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, songwriter, can you, tell, can you tell us a little bit about that uh, you know uh, it sounds interesting
4: about the the, the, uh, the songwriting
1: songwriter singer uh, performer all, all of that great stuff
4: yeah so I grew up as uh, as a pastor's kid and uh, I my dad is a pastor of the United Pentecostal Church and uh, what that means um, uh, it means a lot of things but it also means that we went to church about four times a week and so I did the music for the church and uh, was always uh, involved with whether there was a wedding or a funeral, I was always involved in the music. And so that, that got me um, in, I guess, started with, with music. And uh, I was al- it's always been a passion of mine and uh, just always been around music all my entire life.
2: Yeah, that's good. Well, Larry, you, it says that you've been a longtime Rotarian. Uh, what led you down that path? What the Rotarians?
4: About twenty-three years ago, I shouldn't use uh, I shouldn't use uh, uh, dates or anything like that because I'm dating <laughs> myself. But uh, a few years ago, uh, when I got into the uh, insurance business, my boss at the time said, "You need to join Rotary." And uh, I said, I don't understand because I'm a young guy and that's just a bunch of old people that are sitting around. drinking. (laughs) Uh, So obviously uh, that uh, there was so much more than that. And so I joined because my boss said I should, I didn't really know what rotary was about and uh, but I joined because uh, uh, my boss asked me to do that. And and, um, it took on a whole, whole different idea of what I thought it was. Can you tell
2: us about some of the mission trips that you've went on as a Rotarian?
4: I I tell
1: you what, let's 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 hold that thought till we get back. up. We've got to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue to talk to Larry and find out a little bit more about this Rotarian. It's your life. I'm James Cooley.
0: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference, regardless of size. The JC Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more. It's your life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to it's Your Life. I'm
1: James Cooley, and I tell you, wow. You know, we're, we're, we're talking to Larry and I, hey Chuck. Uh, before we went to the station break, you had a a question. Uh, For Larry, as it uh, relates to uh, some of the Rotary trips and some of the things that uh, that we do. And by the way, uh, I'm a Rotarian myself, so I I love it. (laughs) That's
2: great. Well, yeah, we were just saying um, if Larry could tell us about some of the mission trips that he went on, you participated in as a Rotary member.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So. Well, first off, Rotary is certainly um, very community-based and youth-based, but one of the aspects of Rotary is international. And when I first joined Rotary, um, I had an opportunity to go to India. Mm. And I didn't know anything about India. And as we're talking about diversity and uh, world understanding, I had a lot of preconceived ideas about India and Indian people. But I I went and I helped organize over 65 water wells. But I uh, we always talk in Rotary or ask people in Rotary, what is your what is your favorite Rotary moment? Mm-hmm. And there are many of them, but uh, my favorite Rotary moment was Northeast India. Uh, I was there to dedicate one of the water wells that we helped to uh, uh, fund. And I'll remember, I never forget um, the bottom of the Himalayan mountains when we arrived, about 200 of the men of the village were there to greet us, and they walked us up the mountain road while singing in harmony their native trant or their native chant as we went up to the mountain. And when we arrived, the entire village was there, surrounded uh, or in a, in a big circle with the women and the children, and they were there to tell us how grateful and thankful they were of how much we changed their lives because they used to have to walk. Up the mountain uh, or down the mountain to get water and back up and we had made such a difference in their life so that was I would say one of my greatest uh, rotary moments
1: you know I I tell you Larry, over the last few days we have talked a a lot and uh, totally impressed uh, and with your broad background a lot of things that you're doing uh, working with nonprofits uh, you know you you got your own uh, insurance agency and you're just doing a lot of great things Uh, who would you say Probably had the uh, best and most influence on you being who you are today and your successes for today
4: well I would say that uh, my dad my dad uh, was always a huge influence in my life and um, just to be honest and upfront we have we disagree in a lot of areas of our life but I always look at my dad as somebody who shaped so many things in my life and was a strong strong influence
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I tell you what, Larry, um, we're going to uh, go to our next guest. But we're going to bring you back on shortly, you know, because we're going to bring both you guys on together. But, uh, you know, we want to uh, talk about our, our next guest. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience about our, our, our next guest?
3: Yes. Eric Lovett. Eric Lovett has over 25 years of leadership experience with nonprofit organizations and charitable causes across the United States. As the founder and executive director of Urban Street Angels, Lovett has spearheaded the organization's growth over the past seven years with a keen eye toward expanding the scale, scope, and impact of its efforts to end youth homelessness in San Diego, California. After relocating to Southern California nine years ago, it quickly became apparent to Lovett that housing options and job opportunities were in short supply for homeless youth. Relating the despair he saw on the streets to the personal experience he had gone through early in his own life experiencing rejection and discrimination, Lovett set out to make a difference. In 2013, he opened his own home to homeless youth at one point, providing safe housing for up to eight homeless youth. Fast forward to today, where Urban Street Angels will serve over 150 youth this year with transitional housing, rapid rehousing, job training programs, employment opportunities, linkages to education, and an innovative, holistic program focused on reducing the stigma associated with severe mental illness. Urban Street Angels continues to lead the way in meeting the needs of so many youth who have experienced pain and destruction in their lives, helping them to find a way to leave the streets behind for good through strategic partnerships with the County of San Diego, Behavioral Health Services, the Regional Task Force on the Homeless, Say San Diego, Veterans Village of San Diego, National University, Microsoft, and St. Vincent de Paul slash Father Joe's Villages, Love It has Urban Street Angels poised for even greater impact in 2021 and beyond. Ending youth homelessness urban street angel it's your life is proud to present eric Lovett.
1: welcome to the show eric man that that's a lot man that's a lot man Uh, uh, oh you know that's
5: michelle you make me sound good
2: (laughs) (laughs) no really what eric could you just go right after michelle and just tell our audience a little bit about who you are your background and where you originally came from
5: yeah, yeah, I, you know, I live in San Diego right now. If you hear me speak for about five seconds, you're like, you are not from San Diego, man. <laughs> I am not. I am from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I mm-hmm. uh, went to the University of Alabama. Roll Tide, roll, Roll Tide.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and everybody in college football is like, I am tired of y'all winning. Well, I hate it, but. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I relocated here. Uh, so my background is also in music. I was a pastor raised uh, in the Baptist world, uh, was worship leader for the late Jerry Falwell Sr. at Liberty University and at Thomas Road Baptist Church and involved highly in music and, and helping people. And uh, through a course of events, I'm sure we'll talk about here in just a second, uh, I landed in San Diego and and following God's calling, uh, started an organization. And now we, we serve, uh, in excess of over 200 youth a year right now.
2: Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think JC is going to take it from here. He's, he's kind of looking, looking forward to kind of finding out a little more.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, you to it, I mean, a little birdie told me that you, you know, to it means, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, Uh, about your music background and and
5: and. yeah yeah i uh i started singing at an early age and um i went through all my school a vocal scholarship and things like that i was at uh transferred from university of alabama to liberty university to where uh i became uh the worship uh pastor for liberty at the school uh in the early 90s all, all basically the 90s and um and would travel the country and other parts of the world, and doing music and conferences, and mm-hmm. and just uh, praising God and everything that was happening. So yeah, I did uh, mm-hmm. seven albums and and just stayed busy. So really enjoyed it.
2: Wow, that's amazing.
1: Wow. So you have over twenty five years in nonprofit, and you know, just looking at your website and some of the things that uh, you all are doing. Uh, can you tell our listener audience some of the great things that your organization is doing?
5: Absolutely, you know we work with homeless youth here um in in San Diego. any given night we'll have a thousand youth that live in, live on the streets of San Diego, and many have been rejected or they've been cast out, many have been abused by those that they thought they loved they loved them and you can imagine the trauma that happens with that so because of that, over ninety percent of our youth deal with severe mental illness. Now, severe mental illness can go anywhere from depression to anxiety, but it also goes to schizophrenia. Many of our youth have been introduced to drugs, even while they're with their families who were supposed to love them. Um, A lot of our youth deal with substance abuse um, in many ways. Fifty percent of our youth in San Diego will end up in jail at some some point in time. So we really have developed programs, not just housing, but housing them, teaching them how to work. Teaching them how to get a job, how to keep a job, uh, teaching them the importance of education. You know, we're talking about equalization on this program today. Well, education, I believe, is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter where you're from, the color of your skin, who you choose to love, that really can help you. Uh, Also, uh, getting them into permanent supportive housing. So with hope and you can do it and you are worthy. And you can do what you put your mind to. We're seeing youth leave all of our transitional programs, our emergency shelters, and they're getting into permanent supportive housing. They've got jobs. They're going to school. And they're seeing their life for the better now for the first time and really equipping them to never return back to the streets again. And the reason we work with this age demographic, which is 18 to 25, that's what I'm referring to when we say youth, is because if we can catch them at this time while the semen is still wet, we're ensuring that they'll never return back to the streets again. And they'll, they won't be 40 years old and been homeless for 20 years because we caught them at this age. So our focus is right there. Give them hope. Give them the support they need so they never have to be homeless
1: again. Wow. You know, I tell you, I just like how you put that together because uh, I have a nonprofit as well, uh, the Jason Cooley Foundation. And, um, uh, And part of our goals is what I call birthright confidence, courage, hope, belief, and most importantly, faith, you know, and believing in yourself and being able to, uh, you know, just have the confidence in you that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And, and you you also don't need anyone to empower you because you can empower yourself to want to be a better person, to want to step forward and to want to lead and so everything that you're doing go hand in hand uh with uh, uh what i believe in in non and and the, in my nonprofit, you know so but i i tell you what we're gonna take a station break but we're gonna come back with larry and eric and we really gonna get off into diversity equity and
0: inclusion
1: it's your life i'm james cooley
0: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And while I tell you, uh,
1: we got two dynamic guests uh, that uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm motivated. I, I have uh, grown to 3.4 already. I mean, if we keep up this pace, I might be 4.0 before, before the show is over. With, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to bring both of you guys on at the same time. So that's what we're gonna do for the next uh two segments. And um just like I mentioned that our country I believe is going through all type of uh problems and you know, just uh it's hate uh and and, and it's uh just a lot of prejudice, hate in my opinion, and not coming together. And I believe that we have to have some type of common ground. Common ground uh in our differences and the way that we feel. Uh, in your opinion, I'm gonna ask you first, uh, Larry. In your opinion, what is the difference between having common ground ver- versus self-interest?
4: Well, I think uh, common ground is is uh, is basically a pathway of communication that leads to trust. Because if you can focus on what you agree with versus what you disagree with common ground can be just an amazing tool just uh, of communication and um, you know that what is the difference between common ground and self-interest i I think they're both extremely important because what is self-interest i mean if we don't care about ourselves or we're not motivated uh, to go to work or go to school uh, we're not taking care of ourselves that's that's not a good thing. So we need self-interest, but we need to balance that with being concerned about others uh, instead of, you know, being more concerned about ourselves. So common ground I think is really a pathway uh, to communicate and, and and, and sometimes agree to disagree.
1: You want to add anything to that, uh, Eric?
5: No, I do. I do James. And I appreciate you uh, asking because I think, In addition to what Larry says, it's it's so much better to give more than you take. I think many times for us, self-interest can produce a selfishness of me, mine, and what I'm doing
2: versus
5: taking the time to listen and understand where other people's needs are and then being able to give in order to meet those needs.
2: So that's what I would add to that. Oh, yeah. So for both of you, again, since around this, what does diversity, equity, or equality and inclusion mean to both of you? And why don't you go ahead and start, Eric? Well,
5: you know, I think, uh, you know, coming from the religious world, <clears throat> Alabama, East Coast, uh, you know, many times I was taught, you know, hey, love God and love people. And you know, fellowship with people unless they don't agree. Like they don't believe like you believe, you know? Uh, sad to say uh, the way I was raised many times is we didn't even fellowship. You know, you heard Larry, he was charismatic and assembly of God. And uh, many times the Baptists. we can't get denominations to fellowship with each other, much less uh, people that uh, were trying to be inclusive that really believe out, you know, way out there. So, you know, for me, uh, the way that I live my life now is it doesn't matter uh, the color of your skin. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who you choose to love. You know, everybody deserves um, a chance to be loved. Everybody deserves a chance to understand they can do it. They can make a difference and and to be a part of the family, to be a part of a community community. And so for me, that's the big thing is let's open ourselves up and let's learn from other people because we don't know everything. And many times that's the way I feel. You know, I've got this. I know what. No, no, I need to learn. I need to constantly be learning of what's happening out there. And back to James's point And, OK, how can I change my world? I may not make can make a big difference in Washington, D.C. today, but I can sure make a difference in my world. And how am I going to do that? i'm going to give more than i'm going to take and that can
2: just be very broad yeah, that's that's awesome thanks for sharing that and how about you larry let's you want to uh, build on that
4: yeah i would say for for me um diversity and inclusion really is about ex- uh, respecting others so respect and i think that if you have respect for other people's ideas doesn't mean that you agree with them but but just it, it kind of goes down to respect. And as as uh, Eric mentioned, um, I didn't really grow up in an environment where we were okay with people thinking differently. Um, I'm not here at all, first of all, I want to say I'm not here at all to say or to tear down or destroy the church at all. So I'm just being honest where I came from. we We weren't allowed to fellowship with even the same people in the same denomination if they for instance watched tv we weren't allowed to watch tv so if they watched tv even though they were part of our organization we couldn't fellowship with them so we didn't have this idea in our minds that it was okay to even be around other people that didn't think like us so um i just You know, that's that's how I grew up. But my mindset now is, is that I'm not the judge. God is the judge. And I'm okay with somebody else having a different mindset than I am. So inclusive inclusion to me is about respecting others' opinions and saying we can agree to disagree. Wow. Wow.
1: That's that's that's, well put. Well put. Uh, Question for both you guys. Why do you believe that people fear change or something or someone that is different from their ideas or have different things from their ideas? uh, And that's, that's not normal. And to them that they are stuck in their ways and their ways are the only ones that, right. uh, Can, can you guys uh, talk about that a little bit? A lot of people feel that way. Uh, Let's start with you, uh, Eric. Well, thank you. I, I, you know,
5: I, James, can I be can I be honest in this show? <laughs>
1: I, I always that that's what the, it's your life is all about being honest. It's all about all right. being yourself.
5: All right, well, I want to be honest here because um I'll tell you just a little bit it's going to relate to your question because we fear the things that we don't understand. Because either it doesn't add up with our belief system. Maybe it's been something we've been taught in church or Sunday school or our churches. Or maybe it's something that comes up in our culture. So if something doesn't fit, then we, we, we make this and we fear it and we don't understand. So instead of trying to understand what's going on and what's happening, then we just reject it. And because it's easier for us, just, it's that old adage. If I put my hands in my ears and I'm la, 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 <laughs> and I don't hear it, maybe it's not happening, you know, and it's not affecting but, you know, as a as a as an individual now that, that I'm still a pastor, I was a pastor here in San Diego for five years of a local church and then started this organization. But I'm about to throw a word out that may be uncomfortable for some of your for some of your listeners. But I was a gay pastor. I am an individual. I'm a gay man and I love God and I I follow his word. I'm in my Bible studies. I believe in the Holy Spirit guiding me. But just that statement is going to cause a lot of like, ooh, what's happening here? Because I don't fit into the the category of somebody where I was raised that I could be gay and love God or that as somebody that's gay could even have his way into heaven and things like this. So, So we're getting into some territory, and I think it's great because I fit in one of those things. I was rejected. Uh, from being a pastor and rejected and kicked out of all ministry and lost everything. And the reason I started this organization is because I never wanted somebody else to experience the rejection that I experienced uh, just because of who I loved. And so I think that that can really cross the borders here of understanding that sometimes if you open up and you're like, let me talk to this person and find out what he's about. Oh, wow. You know, He's really not that bad. He's really not, like, against God. He's really not, like, way out there and living this life. He's actually doing good, and things are – are. Uh, it, it kind of opens your eyes a little bit, you know, Chuck and, and James, about who you can be as a person and opening up to, to the possibilities of who's out there. They may be different, but they may be doing good in the world, too, and we can team up and make a difference.
1: Well. Wow. Uh, I I really appreciate your honesty because and and I hope uh, uh, everybody understand that we are not the judge of anybody. And no one should judge anybody based on uh, their race, color, creed, sexual orientation or anything like that, because we have to be ourselves. And, you know, we we have to be first honest with ourselves. Once we honest with ourselves, we can be honest with everybody else. And then we can bring out good, meaning that uh, we can help every body out and give to the best of our abilities uh on on the things uh that we that we do and it should not be based on any prejudice or the it should not be based on where that person is not like me therefore uh his lifestyle or her lifestyle or their lifestyle is wrong um that that is that is totally wrong and this is one of the reasons why i wanted to have this show today to talk about and discuss open and honesty, uh, about everything. And so, yeah.
5: uh, and you know, and you know, James, that the, the difficult thing is the reason this kind of show is important is because it's really not about me. It's not about who I am now and what I'm doing because I'm past that. I went through those battles and we may have a little time to talk about it, but it's really about those others That are out there and fearing that God doesn't love me or I can't be, you know, go back to what you said earlier, Chuck, I can't do something. I've been, you know, I've been told I can't do this because of this. No. And you said it, James, from your foundation. It is about faith. It's about it's about following the spirit. But you are loved just who you are. And I think that's what's important.
1: Wow, you know, I tell you, we got to take a station break, but I can't wait to get back to the next segment. It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley.
0: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And while I tell you, I told you
1: grab a big bag of popcorn because uh, we're talking about a topic. uh, just, Just to remind you, diversity, equity, which is also equality, and inclusion. And so this is, uh, I mean, I tell you, and we got the two guests that are really bringing it. You know, um, Eric, I, I really appreciate uh, you putting it into in that per- perspective. Uh, but uh, Larry, you and I talked about this the other day, uh, the, the concept of unconscious bias. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't know what that is. Uh, can you explain to them what that is and give us an example?
4: I think that unconscious bias are things that um, mentalities, maybe things that we say that we didn't realize that um, it was offensive to somebody else because we didn't mean to hurt anybody, but that's maybe a certain word that we use. Um, They think it's okay and I'm not racist or I'm not excluding anybody, but, but then they say something. And, And so I think it's, it's, Unconscious bias is is people doing things that they don't realize that it is offensive, and mm-hmm. so they're they're saying it unconsciously, so they think it's okay um, yeah so th- that that's my overall and and I guess there could be a lot of different examples of that um one example uh would be uh, when uh, uh, Obama was in the White House, somebody said, wow, he speaks really great for a black person. <laughs> While they're trying to give a compliment, they're not even realizing And many times. Do you hear what you just said? How that came across? So, uh, wow. <laughs> That's an unconscious bias, I believe, Um and may, maybe they did really know what they were what they were getting at but 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 the point is is that we should be careful what we say and how we say it because it might have some other meaning behind it and i think that matters words matter
1: i i i think that you're absolutely right i've been in a couple of situations where um i mean uh i used to go to the 24 hour fitness in temecula uh, I mean, every day. I mean, so uh, they used to say I used to hold court there because everyone, everyone in the gym knew who I was and this and that. And we used to have some folks that come in the gym. And I I sit right outside where the jacuzzi is at in the steam room. And I just talk to people, talk to people, just talk to people. Uh, one day, this guy uh, came up to me and said, wow. you he said, yeah, you speak really good. You speak really well. And you're you intelligent uh, and you you're not like the rest of them. I said, what? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so that's a case of um, unconscious bias. He didn't think he had said anything wrong. Right. Uh, But to me, I was offended. Extremely offended. So, um, Eric, you want to add anything to unconscious bias?
5: No, I, I think it's across the board. You know, it's it's kind of interesting how you're grown up and people also try to explain it away. Well, it's just the way that I am or just the way that I'm from or just the way that I'm raised. And I think we have to do better at educating ourselves of what's going on in our world. I, I'll be honest with you, you know, times have changed so much, even in the last 20 years I have to educate myself, even in my own community of what's proper or politically correct or what's not just for the fact of. Do you remember going back to uh, Scripture when Paul said this? Paul says, if eating meat causes my brother, if if it offends my brother, I'm not going to eat meat. And so I think it's very important for us to understand in the unconscious bias that we need to educate ourselves and to know who our audience is and who we're around And not just have the mentality of, oh, well, it's just the way I'm raised or it's the way we do it, where I'm from. No, that's not acceptable, and that's not all right. So that's what I would add to that.
4: Eric, you brought up a really good point that I hadn't thought about because, yeah, we were raised to say I'm not going to have a glass of wine or a beer, not because it's not okay for me, but I wouldn't want to offend my brother. (laughs) <laughs> They're okay with that, but yet I hear a lot of Christians saying, "Oh, this politically correct stuff—that's just ridiculous." That's well, it's the same thing, you know. If, if somebody—if the words that you speak—you offend somebody, why would you not be concerned about that if if, if you care? <laughs> that's a good analogy, Eric, that you bring up, and I hadn't thought about that till now.
2: But it seems like in some cases, most people just aren't aware. Like you said, Larry, people are saying things, and they're not even aware. why do you guys think that why What makes people totally unconscious of not of what they say, how they act, what they do, and that they're not connected to their brother or sister when they're saying that so is that a question, Chuck? Yeah, that's a question. It's like you know uh, we're talking about unconscious bias, and some aren't aware of it. W- why aren't people aware of it what what gets in their way of not seeing? The person they're with the persons they're with, you know
5: you know for me i i really I really think, and I can uh, just have to relate it to me is there's an element of selfishness in in me of a pride or ego of I am who i am it's it's my world it's my 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 my, and I think that really hinders me from understanding and have compassion. I I love going back to scripture because Jesus said it even when he was talking to the disciples and he, he went, he saw, he had compassion, he felt. And so it's so important for us when we're around to let down our selfishness and our ego and our pride or I'm right and you're wrong. Well, what are we talking about? It doesn't matter. I'm still right and you're wrong. That kind of mentality has to die. We have to crucify that mentality because even as what Jesus and the Holy Spirit commands us to do is to go and to listen and and to hear, to feel compassion. And then being moved by the Spirit, he was able, he performed miracles and he did. So I think for us, it's really a selfishness thing. For me, it's like I need to drop my selfishness and my ego and I need to be open
2: to understand what's out there yeah I, I agree with you. I think people get so focused on themselves, even though we're with somebody, it's more what we're gonna say, how we're gonna say it, how we're going how we're gonna be uh, uh, what they're gonna think about what we're saying, but not even thinking about the other person. So I think you're on to something and so Larry, how about from your perspective um, what do you think gets in people's
4: ways? I agree with everything you guys said, but I also think um, there's a trigger with it. Um, we say the word politically correctness. Oh, you're just being politically correct. I think that's kind of a trigger word for some people to just say, you know, oh, I, I'm fighting the politically correctness because that's, uh, you know, that's something that is trying to tear down our, our world these days. So I think it's it's kind of tied to that a little bit of this whole politically correctness and they want to just go the opposite of that and, and i'm not one to I, I mean i think that you know um sometimes we need to maybe uh have a little bit of thicker skin and not just be offended by everything but there's some specific things that are just blatant and you know what we should be concerned about that and not be not go the other way i think it's balance all that balance
1: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah you know i tell you um uh, we got a lot of people in the world, in the United States, in our country right now, just like I said, are fearful uh, of what's going on in our country, the divisiveness and 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 the divisiveness. What uh, this is for you, Eric? Eric, what what uh, calm ensuing message would you tell some of these people that uh, wanna come out, and be themselves, and and you know mm. just want to help everybody out?
5: Well. I want to say this, that for for anybody that may be listening, that may be struggling with not fitting in or struggling and not fitting in in the system of wherever they are, I want them to hear this, that they are loved. They are loved by God. They are loved by others. And it is okay. And you know what else I think is important to say here, James and Chuck, is it's okay to not understand or not have the answers or not to be where you think you need to be. You know, I think sometimes as a society, we put down, oh, you don't know who you want to be? Or or, "Oh, you don't know this? Well, no, I don't. I don't get it. When I started this organization, I never thought at one time that I would, you know, I knew God wanted to take this thing, but I just wanted to make my world a better place. So instead of talking about helping people and saying, oh, I'll pray for you, I just decided to do something. And what I did was, I fed people. I clothed people. I gave them my clothes. I brought them into my house. Why? Because I wanted to give more than I took. And what it did for me is it it, it started to help me understand that I'm okay with me. You know, it, it, it goes back to once again what Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love others until you love yourself. So if I'm sitting here struggling with who I am and that, that James doesn't love me or my pastor doesn't love me or Eric doesn't love me, whoa, 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 let's get off this. I got to love myself and be okay with me, but also be loved and be guided by those that may have come before you. And so that way, yeah, you may fall off the wagon, but somebody that can pick you up and put you back on the wagon because we've all fallen off the wagon and we're probably going to fall off the wagon again. But it's about who we choose to walk with us and like that faith of that God loves us and that you're okay. And it's okay to struggle.
1: Yeah. Wow. I, I love it, man. I, I love it. I, I, uh, I love the excitement. I love the dynamic uh, that you're, you bring bringing uh, with this, it. because it's always true. I tell you, we're coming toward the end of the show. And I always like to give a guest an opportunity to tell uh, our listening audience uh, how to reach you. Uh, you know, whether it's business, whether it's uh, to talk to you, whether it, uh, whatever that might be, uh, let's start with you, Larry.
4: Well, uh, my my website is Potter dot com. It's L A W R E N C E Lawrence Potter dot com. And um, the way that people remember me is by Harry Potter because it's Larry Potter, um, but I'm not Harry's brother, so. If you forget uh, my name, just think of Larry Potter. But my website is LawrencePotter.com. That's
1: cool.
4: Eric?
5: Yes, James. I just put in the chat box. Uh, My email is eric, E-R-I-C, at urbanstreetangels.org. And then I think that you all will be posting our website. So reach out to me.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I tell you what, we're down to the last minute, and I want to Thank uh, these two great guys, you know, for taking the time to come on. It's your life, and you know, I tell you, uh, uh, you guys brighten me up. I went up two more percentage points, so I'm a (laughs) three point six right now. You know, I'm I'm, I'm rising. So I want to thank Larry Potter uh, for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so much, Larry. Yeah, I want to thank Eric, uh, Eric Lovett, uh, for taking the time to come on i, I want to thank both of you guys uh this is a three-part show by the way so we're going to talk about uh, uh dei again in future shows and i hope you guys are open-minded on coming back on the show and uh let's let's talk part two
4: <laughs> you know i would love to and i think the important thing is to keep talking that would be the <laughs> thing i'd like to leave everybody with oh yeah keep talking <laughs> you have differences talk about it oh yeah also
1: i i liked uh to always say that, uh, it's your life radio is, is in desperate need for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message, uh, uh, to you. Um, uh, just like we said, we broadcast out of San Diego, we broadcast out of, uh, uh Dallas, uh, we broadcast on, uh, 10, 12, uh, podcasts, and we want to continue to be able to bring you this great message. So I want to thank, uh, Chuck. Uh, for uh, taking the time to come on and guest host again and my beautiful wife michelle uh thank you i want to thank our listening audience i want to thank everybody i want to thank god i just want everybody to jump up and just be cheerful be happy because it's your life and we'll be
0: back again next week see ya Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. That's CooleyFoundation.org. Join James next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big,
4: think big, and be big.